on DAB Digital Radio, on the Free Times Radio app, and via your smart speaker. Henry Bonsu on Times Radio. It's into the second hour we go, and as well as talking about COP, we'll tell you about an extraordinary trial that's taking place in the States that mixes rap celebrity and alleged murderous gang violence. So why has a trial of young thug captured the imagination, we'll tell you. And uh, several leading German politicians are reaching out to Britain with promises of closer links, um, possibly after the next election. Jill Rotter from UK and a Changing Europe will tell us what they might have in mind. But, but first, COP28 is properly underway in Dubai. We're into day three now. And governments and oil companies have promised to take stronger action to tackle global warming. Can they be trusted? Hmm. More than 100 countries signed a pledge to triple the use of renewable energy by the end of the decade. Yesterday, the Prime Minister Rishi Sunak and King Charles both made speeches that struck very different tones. While the PM announced an £11 billion deal for a wind farm but admitted scrapping plans on heat pumps and energy efficiency, saying net zero would only be delivered in a way that benefits the British people. Um, the Prime Minister was asked whether world leaders had brought up the UK's watered-down politics. Hand on heart, 100%, no. Not a single leader that I've spoken to today has spoken about that. Do you know why? Because for most of their targets are less ambitious than the UK's. Just take one example, the phase-out of petrol cars, of ICE vehicles, right? Well, we previously had a date that was 2030. What did I do that was apparently so dramatic? I changed it to 2035. You know why no one's raised it with me? It's because basically every other country in the world is using 2035 as their target. Very prickly sounding Rishi Sunak. Well, the King's tone, King Charles's tone was notably different. He warned countries are not working quickly enough to help the planet. Some important progress has been made, but it worries me greatly that we remain so dreadfully far off track. The dangers are no longer distant risks. I have seen across the Commonwealth and beyond countless communities which are unable to withstand repeated shocks, whose lives and livelihoods are laid waste by climate change. Surely, real action is required to stem the growing toll of its most vulnerable victims. King Charles there commanding the stage at COP28 in Dubai. Well, at a local level, while leaders talk about protecting the Amazon and those who defend it, um, activists in Brazil are mourning the loss of Quinto Inumana Alvarado, a, a prominent indigenous leader in the San Martin um, region of the northern Peruvian Amazon, who fought to defend his community's rights and territory. Let's talk to John Bonfiglio, Latin America correspondent for The Times. John, this is interesting because the Brazilian president, Lula Ignacio da Silva, called for a massive fund of $250 billion to help up to 80 countries protect their natural resources, principally, you know, the rainforests, etc. But at the same time, in his own country, a, a land rights and an indigenous leader who's fighting for indigenous knowledge and for the respect to be given to it, he's been killed. It's a stark contrast, isn't it, uh, Henry? What's taking place at the moment at the COP, which is uh, where people are, representatives are discussing, openly discussing respect for indigenous leadership and protection for environmental defenders. And on Wednesday this week, this prominent indigenous and land rights defender from the Quechua community 
uh, of the actually Peruvian Amazon, but on, but you know by the time you get this deep in the Amazon, it doesn't matter too much whether it's Peruvian, Brazilian, uh, Colombian uh, was returning from ironically an environmental meeting by boat when he found the river blocked by logs and he was murdered by hooded figures. I say murdered, I think assassinated is probably a better word because these are not just criminal acts, these are political acts. Uh, Quinto and the Quichua had long clashed with illegal loggers in the region and had faced threats for years. And he'd actually, this is where it's important, he'd actually repeatedly sought protection from the authorities to no avail, pointing fundamentally to the endemic corruption which sees widespread representation at the cops, at the likes of the cops, from the very people who refuse to do anything about it. Now, these are not my words, Henry. These are the words of indigenous communities, indigenous land rights defenders uh, across Latin America who say that the people at the cop do not represent them and, worse, actually obstruct them. So what impact do you think the loss of such a prominent figure like Quinto uh, is going to have on the fight for respect, the fight for indigenous knowledge, and the fight for the protection of that part of the Amazon? I mean, it's multiple. The first thing to say is that um, at the death of an indigenous leader, the killing of an indigenous leader, these people do not stand by themselves. They have spent their entire lives building an infrastructure of defence, which they, they, they are at the heart of. So removing somebody like that has has a whole widespread effect, uh, you know, a, a literal manifest effect on uh, what takes place. The second key thing is that it actually has a more um, uh, sub subliminal effect, if you like, in terms of uh, the, the terror that is sown amongst defenders. Uh, what these uh, killers want to achieve is not just the removal, the extinction of an individual who opposed them, they want to say to everybody else who might countenance standing in front of them, in opposition to them, if you do this, this is what may take place for you. Now, statistically, this is not a standalone uh, incident. It's painted as violence by illegal groups, in this case, illegal loggers. But although illegal at the point of extraction, these materials rapidly end up within the legal legal global supply chain. So it is a state, but also a business responsibility. But if we're looking statistically at this, these are not lone wildcat acts of violence. In Peru, 30 indigenous defenders have been killed since 2020 alone. So we're talking, about, on average, something in the region of one every month, month and a half, indigenous defender is murdered, executed by uh, uh, paramilitaries. And when these paramilitaries act like this, is it done with a nod and a wink from the authorities. Um, now, certainly during the time of Bolsonaro, when he was president of Brazil, that was the allegation, and some said it was proven. But now that we have, or Brazil has, a president, and quite a lot of Latin America have leftish-leaning presidents who say they want to put, um, you know, the climate and the Amazon and the natural resources front and centre, and it's still going on, well, what is one for, what can one conclude? Um, I, th I think you're absolutely correct in bringing this up. And again, the Quechua, um, the, uh, the, the indigenous community that Quinto is from, directly, they themselves directly blame the Peruvian state for the death uh, of their, their compatriot. And it is systemic. It, is, it, it would be so easy here to, to, say, to, uh, to come on with you, Henry, and point the finger of blame. But it, it is necessarily systemic. It is about government. 
uh, inaction. It is about impunity uh, for criminals, but it is also about the global supply chain and uh, and the, the sort of avarice of, in particular, uh, Western nations and a global supply chain, which is very happy to look the other way uh, in order to make things cheaper and more available at the point of delivery. And I'm um, just thinking about how important the Amazon, the rainforest, mainly in Brazil, but in quite a number of other countries, how important that huge forest is. Because people often talk about it being one of the two lungs of the world, the other being in the Congo Basin or Western Central Africa. Just how significant is it and how aware are people in Latin America that they are the custodians of this very important resource? Oh, I think everybody here is, I mean, not just Brazilians who regard it as national heritage, but across Latin America are very, very aware, uh, fully aware of the importance of the the Amazon as a unique as a, a unique global uh, heritage. One of the key things about the Amazon is that it isn't just the thing that it is, but because it is so vast and so impenetrable and so important, it is also uh, impossible to police. And this is where, in particular, with the COP, it's relevant because of because of mining, especially in terms of the energy energy transition, where uh, which has led to attacks against defenders being uh, on the rise. A quarter of all allegations of abuse. Uh, recently received by the Business and Human Rights Resource Centre in, in London, Henry, uh, related only six minerals, cobalt, nickel, copper, manganese, zinc, and of course, lithium. And this is why um, there is such a focus among wildcat miners in places like the Amazon. It's not just because of what's there, it's because nobody can stop them getting it. Because simply just too dense, you can't be policed, that's why. Yeah, it's vast. I mean, it's vast. The access is in, impossible. So all the Again, wildcat miners or loggers have to do is 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 build a, a tiny, clear a tiny bit of uh, airstrip in the middle of the jungle, and they are the only ones that know where it is to have access to it, and then clear from there. And how on earth can any any government, either well funded or not well funded, begin to uh, address these issues? And actually, what's then left is that it is the indigenous communities that have historically lived in these areas that are the policemen, but they are not supported by. Uh, federal, state, local uh, governments because and police forces because they do not just exist there. So the point of conflict at the coalface is uh, illegal criminal activity and indigenous communities. And it is these indigenous communities that are singularly failed to be supported. And when it comes to um, the green movement in, in Latin America, I'm wondering how strong it is because we know about indigenous knowledge, indigenous people trying to protect their heritage, stop the loggers sadly being killed. Uh, but what about, you know, people more generally, the, the middle classes, the kind of people who here in this part of the world, in, you know, UK and Europe, the ones who the politicians pay attention to and who the politicians feel we need to respond to. If they think green is important, then we must feel green is important. Yeah, I think it's a chicken and egg as well, because I think... Uh, the, can you, you say that the, the middle classes uh, do, I would say, I mean, of course, it varies, you know, region to region and uh, social class and background and education. So I wouldn't want to generalize, but I would say that you would have to, to go very far and struggle to find somebody who at least is not aware, aware of the debate uh, that is taking place uh, internationally. So, uh, I mean, in terms of the, the, the discourse, it is present whether people like it or not. Now, in terms of the choice making that is available to these uh, groups, that's a whole different question in terms of whether they have to make the running or they have to 
promote the argument or whether that is already laid on the table by political capital. And I think that's where it is much more complex in terms of uh, options for these individuals to make uh, uh, more coherent choices, if you like. Yeah. Um, while we're talking about uh, climate, we're talking about um, indigenous experts, uh, let, let's, let's bridge uh, what we're talking about here with the case of Dom Phillips. Remember, this is the British journalist who, with an indigenous expert, Bruno Pereira, were killed on a reporting trip in the Amazon rainforest last year. Um, a lot of people will remember the story from the time, but won't be aware of what happened afterwards. What, what's the latest on that? The latest is that the individuals accused of his killing are still currently in, in prison. It, they regularly make column inches in, in Brazil in terms of will they be given parole, not given parole. This is going to be a lengthy legal judicial process that takes place uh, there. Nobody is really in any doubt as to what took place and why uh, they were killed. It actually is also relevant, I think, to say, uh, Henry, that you know the reason we know about the Dom Phillips and Bruno Pereira case, uh, 18 months now, uh, is that it made international news. And it made international news because of Englishman Dom Phillips and not because of Brazilian indigenous defender Bruno Pereira. And this goes back to what we were saying about the killing and the danger that these indigenous land rights activists face. Because we know about this one because an Englishman was killed. We do not know about thousands and thousands of others because they are Brazilian, they are Peruvian, they are Colombian defenders that are the ones that, uh, that die. All right. Uh, one more thing before we let you go, John. In recent weeks, when we've spoken to you, we've usually talked about the El Loco, uh, Javier Millet, the president-elect of Argentina. It's now, what, a couple of weeks since uh, he was elected in the second round. Um, how does the land lie now? Well, we are now just over a week away from his investiture. So a week on Sunday will be when he officially takes uh, takes office. He has been selecting his his cabinet. He has been saying what he is going to do. There has been the whole, will he meet Donald Trump? Won't he meet Donald Trump? He said he will uh, go to the US as a, as, a, as a first visit. Also very pro-Israel. He's going to move uh, the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Um, so there's a lot of uh, noise at the moment, but I think it is very much the calm before the storm in terms of everybody waiting to see what will actually take place in the first day, the first 10 days, the first uh, 100 days. But uh, everybody, uh, nobody expects uh, it to be plain sailing. And how much do we know about his views on the environment and green? Let me guess, go on. Uh, this isn't uh, this isn't a complicated thing to go on. say, but he thinks it's, he thinks it's a hoax. Yes. He thinks it's a socialist hoax. There we go, John Bonfilio, Latin America correspondent for the Times. Thank you very much indeed for joining us on Times Radio.